please pray with us. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for giving us this day to come here and worship you. We pray, Lord, today that you would open our hearts and our minds again so that we can focus on your word and receive the message. In Jesus' name, amen.
each other. Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Cade. I'm the pastor here. We're so grateful that you're here, that you've joined us today. We like to frame our announcements verbally in our worship services and also in your bulletin in the, in the framework of the five practices of fruitful congregations. We figure if we try our best at these five things, then we will grow regardless of what we are trying to do. Uh, radical hospitality. One of the things that we're trying to do uh, all the time is improve elements of our campus. Uh, the HVAC unit here that was $80,000 this year is part of our McClyman project. Uh, it clearly has made this space cooler and far more efficient. The LED lights have made it brighter and used less energy. And the latest thing in this room is brand new basketball goals. So this one's up, so it's hard to see. But you can look back there and see that one. Let me tell you the significance of those basketball goals. Um, we've had a, a hook on the rim that was broken, so the net hung down. We duct taped the rim up there, make a couple shots, and the net's coming down. Um, we, in, in, in this church, I've been in several churches that did it, we had a crank that we would do this, right, to come up and down from 8 feet to 10 feet. Buncombe Street had a drill that felt like you were going to bring the whole goal down on you as you did it. There's a little gray box back there that we're going to lock that has a light switch on it. The light switch has two settings, 8 feet. 10 feet. You just flip the light switch and it goes to 10 feet. Flip the light switch, goes to 8 feet. So that is such a big deal for um, our coaches, um, players, for guests who will be coming to um, this place. We're grateful that we've got brand new goals. Uh, it's one of the last phases of the McClyman project this year. We're already looking towards next year and the things that we'll improve on our campus and we'll have uh, more notes about that coming in uh, the coming months. Uh, we believe, oh, one more about Radical Hospitality. Tomorrow, uh, next Sunday is a combined service at 10 o'clock. One service, period, uh, on Sunday morning uh, will be at 10 o'clock, and that service will be in the sanctuary. The reason it's in the sanctuary is so we can prepare all the other spaces on campus for a cookout dinner. We ask that you bring a side or bring a dessert, and we're going to have amazing grilled chicken on um, one of the biggest grills you've ever seen, you know, this sort of deal with the counterbalance on the other side on the back of a trailer. So um, hope that you'll come next week. Worship will be at 10 in the sanctuary and immediately followed by a cookout directly following that. We believe in passionate worship. And I want you to look in your bulletin as we talk about that. I want to give you a chance um, as part of this service to participate. If you'd like to share a prayer concern with our congregation, uh, with our Tuesday prayer group, you can uh, raise your hand and someone will bring you a note card right now. You can write that down and place it in the offering plate and they'll receive it on Tuesday morning. But also throughout the week, this is why I want you to turn to the bulletin. This will henceforth be the case. There's a number there, um, uh, the pastoral care line. That's 24 hours. Um, whoever is on call, generally it's me unless I'm out of town, uh, uh, Leslie, will get an email of the transcript of your message. Just leave a clear message. We'll get a transcript of it. And if it's an immediate concern, we'll get there as fast as humanly possible. If it's a prayer concern, it will go to the Tuesday prayer group the next time they meet. So just if you'll distinguish when you leave that message exactly what it is. And if you'd like to give us a prayer concern today, just raise your hand and uh, hi and, and uh, Usher will bring you a card. 
Um, let, me, let me give you a weird one. It's not even fall yet, but we're looking towards um, uh, the spring because Aaron gets ahead of the game, which I love with my whole heart because that is not one of my spiritual gifts. Uh, Ash Wednesday is Valentine's Day, which is out of the ordinary. This, normally, the Wednesday before would be our first Wednesday dinner. So we're looking to have the dinner the day of Ash Wednesday, then we just go into the service. But we wonder about such a thing on Valentine's Day. But we also figure lots of couples don't celebrate on the actual day. You just do your best sometime in the next 365 days to celebrate whatever day that was, whether it's your birthday, anniversary, whatever. So how many of you just, just spot poll um, would come to a dinner and a worship service on Valentine's and celebrate Valentine's Day with your loved one on another day. I, I know that's, that's a random thing to say. 50-50? Yeah, 50-50. Okay. We're just going to keep asking that, and um, uh, you'll hear a lot more about that, but um, Aaron's getting us way ahead of the game on the calendar, and um, appreciate that, uh, her doing that. Um, intentional faith development. You can see all the stuff coming in the fall in the bulletin, uh, in that section. And I want to say something about that. Read your bulletin. Take it home with you. We printed it um, for you. We put a great deal of effort into it on Monday and Tuesday. Take it home with you. Put it on your refrigerator. Put it wherever you are because it's got all the information that you need going forward. Uh, it's got the podcast listing and how you can find it as part of intentional faith development. We believe in risk-taking mission and service. And I want you to think about the youth as they start a 24-hour uh, uh, mission tonight. They'll gather tonight at 5. They'll host um, parents who are bringing their children uh, for a date night tonight, celebrate down. No, uh, they'll have a date night tonight, um, and then uh, doing all sorts of stuff for, for the church overnight. They're going to serve breakfast at Triune Merchant City and tomorrow night. We're grateful for that. Uh, Honey dudes meet on Monday. If you'll see Brett Hovis, this is our group of men who are going to help people who need handiwork around the home. Make sure you pay attention to your email. Uh, and I'll call on Erin, and I'll say today is her birthday. Happy birthday, Erin. Oh, <laughs> good morning. I'm Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries. This is my children and family. Um, but I wanted to let you all know that we are practicing risk-taking mission and service on Wonderful Wednesday this week, which is 9 to 11. Uh, if you have a child that is age 3 and potty trained through 5th grade, they're welcome to join us. And um, they will just come upstairs to the straight room after checking in in the hallway. Um, this week I'm really excited um, slash scared about walking a large group of children downtown. But <laughs> it's going to be great. We're going to take a wagon full of any donations you may bring for Greer Relief's pantry. And the children will get to go and stock that. Now, I know that um, some of our fourth and fifth graders were so excited about stocking the pantry for Vacation Bible School, and they brought this big bus full of our donations. It was, very, it was a great moment, and then they got locked out of the building. So if they miss that chance, please have them join us this time. Um, but they accept volunteers of any age, so the three-year-olds can put cans on the shelf as well. And we'll talk about how we can help our community and get a tour of the place from their volunteer coordinator. So hope to see your children on Wednesday. Thank you, Aaron. You'll see uh, Jay Alexander and Larry Smith sing for us today. Uh, that's out of the ordinary. We're great to have them in the offering. You'll see Will Hagen in the band today. We're grateful to have you, Will, as part of our service. Trustees and CP board meet tomorrow night, and that's got to be absolutely the most you can possibly handle in one segment of announcements. Let's pray together. Gracious God, 
We thank you for calling us. We thank you for placing us in this space together. We thank you for giving us things to share with one another. We thank you for quiet and calm. Help us, Lord, to pay attention, to hear your word, to understand your will, and to live your life as we leave this space. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your son taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I've witnessed a shift in the writing in Hollywood in movies and television. And I'm going to give you pretty targeted uh, shows for my demographic uh, that I've witnessed in my lifetime. And I'm sure you have uh, examples of your own. I'm sure you have uh, examples of it going the other direction. Uh, but let's look at three particular images. This is Boss Hogg and Roscoe P. Coltrane of the Dukes of Hazard. These men and everyone else on the show dominated my childhood. In the days before DVR, I would ask my parents, are we going to make it home for the Dukes? That was all that mattered in my life. Uh, they were just good old boys, you know? They didn't mean any harm. That's, I think they got in trouble with the law in uh, something else. But anyway, just here's, uh, go back one, I'm sorry, evil. You rarely saw any good from Roscoe or Boss Hogg. There was good and there was bad and there was their own issues and desires clashing. The next one, Colonel Nathan P. Jessup, Marine Corps, uh, Colonel in charge of the base at Guantanamo Bay in uh, A Few Good Men. And they had the code red, a, 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 a serviceman unfortunately lost his life as everything escalated beyond what any of them thought that would be. And there was um, the uh, naval JAG officer and the Marine base colonel going back and forth about what they were supposed to do. It wasn't as simple as good and evil in that movie because um, both men were trying to do exactly what they thought was the right thing in order to protect the country. And as you watch the movie go back and forth, you can hear them both make solid points one way or another. Let's look at one more. We saw this, this was the strangest thing to me, and we don't go to a lot of movies uh, these days outside of uh, like, you know, Moana and uh, things of that ilk, of which Moana is a great movie. I, I, I invite you to watch it on Netflix, it's amazing. But we were in New York last spring break, 2015-16 spring break, and we saw these posters all over Times Square, and I thought, I was like, Batman and Superman are clashing now? Like, are we out of ideas? They're fighting each other. This is now infinitely more complicated. There is no good and no bad, period. There's everyone intertwined with their own desires, their own wishes, their own selfish goals, their own whatever, 
And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad and it switches back and forth all the time. You notice this, that it's, it's shifted in storytelling from one extreme to another extreme. And that mindset is what we're going to look at today with the text. Matthew 13, verse 24. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalks sprouted and bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. So here's your first um, uh, phrase that we want to look at, outside force. You know why that matters in this story? Because there's not a ton of outside forces in a lot of the stories that are told, especially in the Old Testament. There's other nations that they'll occasionally clash with, but a lot of times it's an inside job. God says to Adam and Eve, this is your garden. I want you to care for it. I want you to love one another in this garden. I want you to uh, take care of every element, and I want you to not do one thing. Is it an outside force that does something there? Mm -mm. How about Joseph and his brothers? Joseph has dreams that he's going to be special. He's the smallest one in the litter, the youngest in the uh, family. And he says, I think I'm going to be special. And his brothers go, okay, we're going to teach you today. You're going to learn today that you are not special. They throw him down a well. Uh, they were going to throw him down a well, sold him in slavery. You know, 50 50. Uh, inside job. This is an outside force and no one knows who it is. And this enemy is quick enough and quiet enough that we don't know that they were there. And they're also patient enough for the payoff. You ever do like some sort of prank to someone and you put it up and you're willing to wait about five or ten seconds? Or someone's coming up the stairs and you hide behind the door and you're going to scare them. You're going to wait about five or ten seconds. Whatever it is, or any, any kind of negative thing that we've done, we generally want the results for the effort that we've put in in a hurry. This guy waited a long time to plant those weeds. And so there's a quiet, quick, patient enemy out there who is undermining what we're trying to do. And so that could be somewhat alarming to the servants that are there. And we've got to do what? Remove it. We've got to remove it. We've got to remove them. If we're going to do anything positive, anything of any good going forward. Verse 27. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in your field? Then how is it that it has weeds? An enemy has done this, he answered. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them? But the landowner said, no, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat among them. So your next phrase, human questions and divine intervention. You know how often humans want to take out other humans? How often humans want to remove other humans from the equation? They want to remove other nations from the equation. They want to remove other churches from the equation. They want to remove other faiths from the equation. Because if they exist, it's the total opposite of anything that we ever want to be or do. And they threaten our very existence by being here. And we look and it seems so simple. They look at the owner and they say, hey, do you want us to go remove this? 
And think about the perspective of uh, um, someone approaching me, the pastor, and saying, um, man, you know, I was walking up the sidewalk this morning. We get, you know, we got the roof work done. There's uh, 27 nails along the sidewalk uh, from the roofers. Do you want us to pick them up? How friendly is that? That's proactive. That's looking out for other people. That's not, hey, there's nails over there. Somebody ought to do something about that. Or maybe worse than that, just walking past it and not caring. You have servants, workers, concerned about something, being proactive for their boss, their leader, their owner, whatever it may be. That seems like a good thing. And we want to please God. We want to feel safe. And the third one is the most important. We want to control the outcome. You ever take extra measures to make sure that the outcome of something goes exactly the way that you want? Whether it be a memorial service, whether it be a meal around your table, whether it be a pitch that you have in the office at your meeting, whether it be uh, something that's going on in the yard and someone who's threatening the yard by throwing junk in it. We can, we can win sometimes, but it's going to be a struggle. And here's a little bit of an insight why. Verse 30. Let both grow side by side until the harvest, the owner says. And at harvest time, I'll say to the harvesters, first gather the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, but bring the wheat into my barn. See, so next phrase is, weeds are going to exist. Weeds will continue to exist in our people that surround us, in the situations that surround us, in our health and in the health of those that surround us. Weeds are going to exist. And guess what effort it takes to plant something that you love and care for something that you love? It's beyond the effort that I'm capable of because I've killed a number of things. But how much effort does it take to, for a weed to succeed? Man, limitless. No, it's the opposite. None. It can grow in a limitless way with zero effort. And sometimes they've got a little flower on them. It's kind of cool. Well, we actually have, a, um, this is not a weed, we've actually got a rose on our back stairwell. I'm sure someone here, you know, if I ever tell a story, they'll say, you know who did that, right? I'm sure someone here did it. But we'll occasionally get a rose on our back porch and had nothing to do with it. But then, on the other hand, we'll look and we'll see that the ivy that's grown all over here has gone from this point to this point and it's now climbing up that tree and if it climbs up that tree it'll go up that whole tree by the end of the season and then it's on effortless and the workers say can we just remove it because this is threatening our output it's threatening your income it's threatening uh, I don't like that someone else can have any sort of impact on what I'm trying to do and the owner says, uh, well, let's see how it plays out. How do you think the workers would feel about that? You ever question your boss? You ever question your spouse? You ever question your pastor? You ever question your president? And you say, well, let's, you know, let's just see how it plays out. And you go, what? Are you insane? We've got to do something. They say, we've only done good things. We've only planted good things. Therefore, there should only be good things. You ever feel that way? 
You ever feel that something in your life has broken the other way from every bit of effort and prayer and time that you've put into it? Or for another person? And you think, I don't understand why any bad things would happen to me. I wake up early, I go to work, I take care of my family, I give to whatever, I come to church, I, uh, whatever. Why is this thing happening? Um, here's a quote from Warren Carter. He's a professor of New Testament at Bright Divinity School in Texas. While some readily divide the world neatly into Christians, the righteous, and non-Christians, evildoers, both the gospel and our experience tell us such categories are fluid, coexistent, and difficult to discern at best. Most of us, including churchgoers, comprise both plant types and are not purely one or the other. How's that quote sit with you? That quote's saying, um, you got some weed inside, you got some wheat inside. And both have full capability to take over. Both have full capability to either grow or derail everything that you've tried to put together. And not only do you have that with you, you've got that with everyone connected to you. And that's how things that you think were going so well can go so bad in such a hurry. Because that's in all of us and it's in every situation. And here's what's insane to us is the last phrase we're going to read today. What? Why would we do that? Why would we let both grow? We should eliminate one and then we won't have as many problems. The landowner says, don't do that. It's a story that Jesus is telling. He says, we're going to let both grow. Why? Because there's rebellion in all of us. And there's embrace in all of us. And if we were to decide today who's up for rebellion and who's up for embrace based on this moment, based on your last seven days, where do you think you would fall? And if we were to say today, those who were up for rebellion these last seven days, that's it. You're getting ripped up and you're out. And those who had embraced in these last seven days, you're done. You're good. You don't have to do anything else. There's not a single part of God's creation that goes that way. He says, let both grow this creation that was formed by God couldn't be more complex. You know, in that second hymn that we all sang together, we talked about our awesome wonder of God and God's creation. Look around and go, whoa. Go up the mountains and go, whoa. Go to the beach, see the sunrise, sunset. You see a new grandbaby. You see a child and it clicks in February when it hasn't clicked since August 17th. And it finally clicks in February. You see a doctor who finally figures out what the thing is that's going on with your loved one and they start to go after it. All of those amazing things over which we have no control and don't celebrate near as much as we should are all part of God's wonderful complex creation. And if we were to say, you know what, we've seen the mountains and we've seen the beaches, so we figure we know what a weed is and who to remove. 
who needs to be removed. When we have that thought, even when we have that thought about ourselves, I am nothing good in me. There's no wheat in me. We need to look at God's awesome, wonderful, complex creation. And think of this parable where God says, let it grow. That patience, that mercy, that hope are three things that we should carry with us wherever we may go in the name of our God, our Father, and His Son who came to teach us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me as you're able for our um, uh, modern affirmation. We believe in God the Father, infinite in wisdom, power, and love, whose mercy is over all His works, and whose will is directed to His children's good. We believe in Jesus Christ, Son of God and Son of Man, the gift of the Father's unfailing grace, the ground of our hope, and the promise of God fulfilled. We believe in the Holy Spirit as a divine presence in our lives, reminding us always of the truth of Christ, our inspiration and strength in times of joy and sorrow. We believe our faith should be apparent in our words of love and acts of service, that the kingdom of God may be a present reality here on earth. You may be seated. It's now time for our offering, and we're grateful for your special music. You'll see the report and the extravagant generosity on the back. We are slightly ahead in the dead center of summer, and we're grateful for your generosity. Russian waters, the mighty power of God filled the air. I'm on my way, gonna wait right in. I'm going down to the river of Jordan. Let the cool waters cleanse my soul. Spots away. So we went right down. He waited in to dip himself in the river of Jordan. And the cool waters made him whole. Now the river of Jordan. Miles away, this mighty river I may never see. But I'll find myself an altar in an old fashioned church, a river of Jordan that will be. 
I'm on my way. Please stand and sing this last one.
don't want to do that just today you can grab a um, blue welcome folder on your way out the door it's got brand new uh, pamphlets in it that have everything every single thing that we do you will not come here next week at nine o'clock you'll go to the sanctuary at ten o'clock sanctuary crowd came over here they they represented themselves well coming over here in the gym when we were um, uh, uh, redoing the sanctuary I encourage you to represent yourself well as we travel over to the sanctuary 10 o'clock there, and then um, we'll come over here for lunch. Go forth in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all.